When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Red 7, Red 7, Red 7, Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't, what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here, you ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! I don't want that ball! I don't want that ball! I don't want that ball! You will get I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the difference between winning and losing. I got a whole lot of money, money. y'all it for me, bottle key, poppin' that water, man, Welcome into another edition of All 11 Personnel. Nick Roush and Adam Luckett, happy to be here thanks to our good friends at Prize Picks, the best way to make your weekend even more entertaining. Not even your weekend, your weekday, uh, Thursday night football, a great Thursday night football game this week between the Packers and the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'm definitely going to be taking the over for both passing yards. Like this is one of those games where you just you're cheering for points. What Devontae Adams COVID protocol, not good for a lot of fantasy owners right now. So, oh man, yeah, that one's tough. That one's tough, especially a Thursday nighter too. You know, you mm-hmm. can't even turn around. Hope out for uh, later in the week, but you can still enjoy it by playing prize picks. It's an e- a great app. Go to the app store today, download it, submit your picks, and use the code personnel to make your first deposit. They will match up to a hundred dollars on that first deposit. Just use the code personnel when you're signing up and play prize picks today. You can also go online to prizepicks.com. Pick who you want over and under their yards, receiving touchdowns, etc. Parlay it, win big with prize picks. Luckett, were you a big winner this weekend? I know we could not hammer down and boil her up, but I actually ended up having a decent weekend, if I do say so myself. Just okay, but it, Bielema. Brett, we got the ultimate Bielema Gosh. experience on Saturday, and it was beautiful. Seven, seven man OL running wide zone. <laughs> Ran for 330 yards in a wet, cold Big Ten nooner. I we we knew it was gonna after that week one Nebraska one. You knew it was gonna happen again. I really wanted it to happen against his old team, but they were ready for him. And mm-hmm. I, Penn State was not. They did not want to go in and play. It's that just game. a. He's just like we talk. He's perfect. Like that's the perfect spot for him. At Illinois in the Big Ten West, playing all these 
noon games and crummy weather. It's 13 to 10, middle of the fourth quarter. And he's going to give well, us one to two moments, I think, like that a year. And it was just – that game was just incredible. I watched – I had it on a little bit, but I watched it from the entire fourth quarter on through all the overtimes, every snap. And there was a few calls that uh, – there was one holding call. Well, one, they scored a touchdown to go ahead. They're celebrating. They're on the field. The PAT team comes out, and then the refs just throw a flag. What? And then they said um, – because they were talking about it. It was They called it an eligible man downfield because they threw like a throwback tight end screen or something. Oh. And it was gotcha. wide open. It was a great play call, and they call it back. They get another penalty after that. It's like second and 20. Uh, they run wide zone, 30-yard touchdown, untouched. They call a weak kind of, you know, the, the throw down. Oh, calls oh, those are the worst. On a line, center on a linebacker. So that was weak. And so they ended up kicking a field goal to tie it and then goes to overtime. And you all know what happened in overtime. Everybody now, saw that. What are your thoughts on the the new overtime? Like, it is – like, if Kentucky was in it, I would be like, this is so stupid. Why are we doing this? <laughs> but it was entertaining. I, I mean, it's not real football. So, I mean, well, it to me, it just felt a little unnecessary because they went, they go to it so quickly. I think when they initially changed it, it was after the fourth overtime, which I kind of get, but like two overtimes, I mean, I feel like three is kind of a standard. When, when you get there, you, you can expect mm-hmm. to go to at least two, sometimes three. So, I don't know why they go to the two points so quickly. I, it, my it, only felt thing was necessary. I think if you would just move the ball back 15 yards, put it at the 40. Oh, that way, yeah. if you got you have to play real football then because half the game is played on the other side of the 50 anyway. Um, so you would have to, like, you have more room as an offense to operate. Um, the defense can't has to play a different type of way, and you have to be cognizant of field goal kickers range. And all that. I, I that's you're not, not that's just what settling for field goals when things right. go wrong. Yeah. Yes. So you could end like, up getting if you get a stop. Goals. You if you get a stop and you're like, all right, we just need a field goal, but we're at the 40 yard line. You actually have to, you know, you can't just run it three times unless you've got, you know, mm-hmm. Justin Tucker or something. <laughs> you've got to you got to actually go. We got to pick up a first down here. We got to probably pick, maybe try to pick up two first downs before we settle for a field goal. And I think that that would just make them play more real football, whether than other than excuse me what they're doing now but i mean it was entertaining um Mm -hmm. i get why they did it um, but i think the counters to that should have been to move the ball back not move the ball closer oh man it it was yeah like you said exciting it was it was also kind of exciting and stress-free to have football on and it's not your team you know so like just cheering against tennessee against alabama like Watching Ole Miss just put up a bunch of points. It's fun. It was a fun little Saturday. The rain made things a little sloppy, unfortunately. I I don't know what to make of Louisville because they were able. What what the hell's going on with your Jeff Halfleys? Like I don't know. That was bad, man. Like they couldn't bad. stop. I think they're the, a little. I think they're a little banged up. But yeah, that was. They got. I mean, Louisville hasn't been able to run the ball a year, and they were able to run the ball against Boston College. Mm-hmm. And I just. And Malik Cunningham has just been. If Louisville didn't have him, I don't know where they would be. I wrote, I wrote on Twitter the after the game. He's like, you talk about just MVP value for their team. Cunningham is up there with anybody in college football, in my yeah. opinion. Because if you take him off Louisville's team, what what are they? 
you know, they're in all kinds of hurt, you know, but they have him and he's just keeps making plays for them both with his arm and his legs, mostly his legs this last game. And it's got them to where they are now. And they got a chance to, you know, really have a good season or seven and five type of season. And it's because of him. So, um, but nobody's going to the game. So it's kind of a, there's weird stuff going on at Louisville. How many people offered you tickets to the game? Did you, no one offered me any okay. tickets. Okay, I, ha- I had two folks offer me free tickets. But I heard there was, you know, you could go probably get them for $5, $10. Yeah, they, people were giving them away. Like, you want to go? Here. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very odd. Um, I, yeah. The, a Louisville fan friend of mine was just bragging on Satterfield. Um, and then when I turned to time and he was like, whoa, 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 I can dump on him. You can't. All right. So like <laughs> the, the, they're, they're in a very weird spot. It's um, he's a bad loss away because the, with this attendance, you can't, it's not feasible kind of to can't really do that two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if they win, especially you know, without it, Cunningham next year, like, NC state game doesn't really matter. Um, they're, they're dogs. It's on the road. Mm-hmm. You've got Clemson in a, God, good, as good of a situation you're gonna get them in. Man, they're bad. And, and then, then you got Syracuse on Lamar Jackson Day, and quietly, Syracuse, Syracuse can really run the football, and they've got yeah. a unique kind of headache defense. They just beat Virginia Tech on the road. They beat Liberty at home. They had Clemson. They took Clemson down to the wire at home. Like, they're better than you probably think they are. Like that's, and that's if not you lose. Be, on Lamar, Lamar Jackson Day to the team that Lamar that's jumped saying. over. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, if they that happens, he's gone, you know. And then, like, if you get down to the Kentucky game and they're, I don't know, six and five, seven and four, mm-hmm. and you lose that Kentucky game, I just don't know. Like, their attendance is going to spike up because they got Kentucky and Clemson remaining. Right. Um, but, I mean, that's a worry. And then you look at the recruiting. Like, the recruiting's not going great. Nope, no. Nope. I mean, there's some signs there. So, I just – I still don't think Satterfield's out of the woods yet, uh, mainly because there's just been like there's been like a buy-in for him the whole time. Yep, and we're we're gonna talk more about this upcoming matchup with Mississippi State. We actually got Van Hiles joining us, former Wildcat, who does quite a few things online. That's an interesting conversation you don't want to miss. But before we get to that, Clemson stinks, and I love it. They are the whiniest babies in the history of whiny babies. Look, at, I should have known that they were going to do this because they were playing. Dabo was playing victim when they were undefeated and going to the college football playoff. And now they're just getting beat up in the in a. Well, they, a very, they, they have a good defense. Just offense is terrible. I mean, it's, it's so bad. awful. It's so bad. It can't run the ball. I mean, I, I just, I, I love watching them get their teeth kicked in. I do. I, I just, I absolutely love it. And then uh, now, like they're throwing Dabo's name in for the LSU job, and it's just, it's, it's hilarious. All of this is just, oh man. I, I well, please, there, there's, you can't kick Clemson enough while they're down. And I wouldn't even <laughs> mind watching Louisville beat them. You know, that's how much I just love watching Clemson stink. It's been quite like a fall, um, and that's it's what makes Alabama what Saban does even more kind of impressive because this is what happens at these other schools when they make a run and then they have a fall. Mm-hmm. 
your quarterback, your, your first round quarterback leaves, and then Urban, you bring yeah. in a guy who that shovel pass pick six. Yeah. That's one of the worst plays I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. That's and something that, like yeah. Kentucky would have done in 2004, you 12, know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or 12. I mean, it was just, it was so bad. And it was Clemson. Yeah. And it's just kind of, this is what happens in college football. Uh, Saban has just been able to beat it somehow. Cause you look at it, they're just, they've got like seven or eight stars out. You miss on a key. You look like you miss on your, your next guy at QB. Um, you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar because you didn't correctly build your roster. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't use a transfer portal when you should have. You didn't make a change at maybe uh, some You're assistant coaches stubborn. when you, OL coach, maybe you should have changed um, and some stuff like that. Dabo's a big culture guy. You believe in your culture, but eventually you got to kind of, you got to see through some of those cracks and get them fixed. And just those cracks have gotten wider this year, and it's made them really susceptible. And the offense has just fallen off a total cliff. But like they couldn't run the ball with Trevor Etienne or Travis Etienne, excuse me, his brother's name's Trevor, who's a recruit this class. They couldn't run the ball with him, and he was the ACC's all time leading rusher last year. <laughs> like there were some signs last year. Right, right. Lawrence and Etienne hid them. Mm hmm. And they're just kind of now the defense is still great. It's still right. doing its job. It's just they that no help from that offense. So interesting times there in Clemson. And then it just makes the ACC look so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's not looking it good. It wasn't good, like very good to begin with, even with Clemson doing what they've, they've done. Not great, Bob. Not great. But it is great for Kentucky um, because they're good at bullying ACC teams. It was also great that Coastal got upset. So we don't have, uh, I think you can kind yeah. of count out some sort of like weird bowl matchup with Coastal. Um, yeah, I want so to get out to App State before we even. I, we're a week away from worrying about that. Like Kentucky needs to win Saturday. Okay. They, okay. Win Saturday, and we can start talking about some of that stuff. All right, I like um, that. But it's it's still October. You know, they remember November, but for November to be truly, truly, potentially rememberable, you got to win on Halloween weekend. You got to go win in Starkville for the first time since 2008. So go win this game, and then we can start talking about all that stuff. But right now, you got to go win. And this is a it's a tricky spot and a tricky opponent. And so we'll see. At a place Kentucky just doesn't ever play well. Man, it's, it's cowbell hell in Starkville. <laughs> it, it really is. It's cowbell hell. Uh, I Kentucky fans don't have a good time down there because the Wildcats have not won there since 2008. Last three meetings have been decided by three scores or more. Uh, I mean, it's it's been a that's at least on average. It's 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 not been great, but there is reason to be optimistic. We're going to talk about some of that with former Wildcat Van Howells right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Joining us now on 11 Personnel, a former Kentucky Wildcat. He had eight picks in his 
career back in the early 90s. One returned for a touchdown, was a Chicago Bear for a little while. Now he does a little bit of everything on the internet. I'm sure you're following him at vstyle17 on Twitter. He coasts the locker, driving with styles, and a ton of other stuff. It's Van Hiles. Van, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. The, the the eight pick thing was nice, man. I, I I like that. I appreciate that. I had to I had to dig into the old college stats. I know that they probably kept it on pencil and paper back in your day, but uh, they're they're still out there. They're still out there. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see where you found that at, because man, if jeez, I'm old, man. And I think about it. These kids were born what 2003. Yeah, jeez. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, oh. when you start getting the kids born in the 21st century, that's when you start really feeling old. Lynn Bowden, he said he dropped his kid off at school. And I was like, but you, he was just, he was a baby, you know? Like, so we're all getting old. We're, we're already halfway through the 2021 Kentucky football season. And I want to start just by talking kind of big picture of where we are, because I think like at entering the season, we, we felt good about this Kentucky team, but I don't know if we yeah. felt six and one good. Yeah, I think all three of us sitting here thought it was a possibility. Right. Um, yeah. Definitely. The schedule had a lot to do with that. Uh, but they've kind of accomplished that. Now they've kind of set the table to really do something here, especially these last five games. Now we'll see what, what happens here. But I think – well, I think we've – last three years it's kind of pointed to this. COVID kind of messed it up. But I think the team has kind of been built – to be able to do something like this. And now it's just happening um, here in 2021. What do you think the, the the key, if you had to point to one or two things, Van, what do you think the key to their, their success so far has been? Wow. That's, that's a good one. The key was actually getting some of these super seniors back. I mean, that was huge for us. That, that helped us out on defense. Then next would be the transfer portal. we getting Will Levers and get, I'm going to say getting Juan Dale. Now, I know Will is playing well. I think Bo could have done, could do just as well. But without Wandale, I don't think this offense ticks like it is. And I think he is the biggest reason why the offense is where they are. He puts everybody in their right role. And, and I think that's the difference on offense. On defense, getting Jones help mm-hmm. and getting these guys back, getting Square back, getting McCall back. Um, those things helped us out. Yeah, and, and you you alluded to the experience too. And I, I tried to make a kind of midseason report card. And it, 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 it's kind of – you can see the experience because for each kind of unit, you know, throw out the receivers. They're, they're kind of the one uh, exemption to this right now. But everybody else has played pretty steady with maybe a game here or two there where they aren't up to par. Uh, you know, the inside linebackers were great all year until the Georgia game. Uh, you, you know, the, the offensive line was great all year except for the Chattanooga game. Uh, Will Levis was great all year except for the Florida game. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with this team's experience. And I was kind of thinking back to it, too. We're going to do the thing where we compare. Uh, I, I still remember being after the 2012 title game and being like, uh, immediately going home and like arguing with one of my friends over who was better than them or 96. Like it happened. We couldn't even celebrate because that's mm-hmm. just what we do. 
<laughs> and I know it's going to happen with the 2018 team. And the difference between this one and that one is that one had some like generational talent on it. This team, it's pretty, it's a pretty complete team. And I, I think it, Van, it shows you where, the, how much Stoops has raised the floor. Yeah, I, I will say this team is better than 2018 team. And honestly, I, I, don't, think, I, I don't think it's close. Um, that team had one stud on defense, and he was a stud. Josh Allen was a stud. And we had complimentary guys around him. I think on defense, oh, see, now I'm thinking, now I'm him and hot. Because our corners were better. Yeah, Mike Edwards our was really good, too. Our DBs were better on that team. Yeah. I'll deal with All right. Offensively, it's not even close. Right. That's the difference to me. Right. Jeez, I talked myself out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's a tough one now that I think about it. Defensively, I think we were better. I don't think we're at, as deep, though. That's, that's where you start thinking this team is better. Defensively, the starters were way better, but the backups are way better than the backups of 2018. And offensively, it's night and day. I mean, it's night and day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Van, just as a former player, I know you just you just mentioned the super seniors and that experience. Then I think you know this new scheme on offense, but specifically talking defense here, because I think that's really what we're getting into. Just what what does that what does that allow the coaches to do? And in a defense, like same scheme, same this. You got all these old guys back nine years. Like how how much I guess how much of a difference does that make having that instead instead of having a lot of new parts and pieces to kind of blend in together? Man, it is huge. I'm gonna say this: when I got to Kentucky in '93, and the reason I got to Kentucky was because of Mike Archer. Mark Archer came in '93 and put in a whole new defense. In '93, we probably ran 25 percent of that defense because it was new. And Coach Archer left against my junior year. My senior year, we ran probably 95%. We ran every freaking coverage in the in the arsenal. And, for example, for us, we call them colors. Orange was quarters for us. When we tried to run quarters my freshman year, and there's a lot of things that can, can be messed up. It's the ultimate pattern reading defense. My senior year, we had five guys who've been there four years in the same system. We played with each other for four years. We could play quarters. We play quarters almost as much as we play cover two, which is our bread and butter. And on as a player standpoint, so the so the coach feel more comfortable because he knows he can empty the playbook. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to, ah, well, this week we're only gonna call these coverages or these schemes because I don't feel comfortable. I don't trust you guys. My senior year, we threw the whole playbook. And as a player, the more reps you get, the more comfortable you are. I'll say my senior year. I could probably on every place say it's going to be either this route or that route. And the only reason I, I could do that is because I played a lot of reps and I got comfortable in the system. So it is huge on defense. Um, and I'm sure the same thing on offense, just the, the coach's abilities to say, okay, I trust you guys to throw the whole playbook at you and you can digest it and execute on game day. And that, that's probably why they, they stuck with a little bit more inside zone than I think Cohen wanted to at the start of the year, just because those guys are comfortable with it, they're good at it, Chris Rodriguez can run it, so, you know, just do it. Uh, now, I, I feel like, Van, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like Brad White has been more aggressive than really any any defense I can recall under Mark Stoops, 
just from from your judgment, especially as, as a defensive back perspective, how well do you think it's worked? And is that true? Are, are, is he dialing up more than what we're, we're used to seeing? Yeah, last week he definitely dialed up more. Um, I don't know if he dialed up more. I would say this. He didn't dial up more because he feels comfortable with the corners. Because <laughs> I don't. Yeah. He dialed up more because – I think he felt more comfortable with them than the defensive line. And last week was the first time. I mean, he dialed up. I was like, geez, dude, why are we dialing up so many blitzes against this team? Mm-hmm. And all those wheel routes, all those tight end um, catches were against man. Mm-hmm. And that's not all Britain. We don't have the corners that can hold up right now in man. Um, I think Valentine is probably closest, but he's still young with minimal reps. Um, I think if we would have had Ox, I'll say this. If we had Ox last week, that game is much closer. I think McCall, too, there, there in the middle, I think that would help yeah. a, a ton, too. That, I mean, <laughs> I think hey, that a lot of that – I think they just – Van, my opinion, they were like, we're, we're not letting them run the ball on us. <laughs> We're going to take our chances with Stetson Bennett throwing. We don't believe they, and I don't either. Those receivers are all that great they got over there right now because of injuries. Let them take their chances with the tight end and we'll live with it. And he just, the quarterback had a great game. And yeah. the t- that one freshman made some cra- some crazy good, two crazy good catches on the touchdown. And it's just kind of right. tip your hat. And I think that was kind of the strategy there. But, but I think White did that because he was worried about without McCall there being stout in the middle that they were going to get pushed around there in the run game. Well, you, I would say this, you can't lose both. Right. Because, you got to pick your poison. Yeah. Because Ox losing McCall hurt, but having Ox in the boundary defense end mm-hmm. kind of mask the inefficiencies or I was saying not inefficiencies, the step down from McCall to Josiah Rogers. But when you lose both and most teams like to run to the boundary. Yeah. <laughs> It, it doesn't work. So um, I will say this. They held up. I was surprised how well we held up against the run. Not saying it was perfect, mm-hmm. but we held up decently with losing two dudes. We mm-hmm. lost two dudes. And the the step down between that boundary tight end between I – mean, boundary defense end between Ox and the next guys is a whole run. Yeah, especially just from a pure talent perspective. But, uh, you know, you do got to tip your cap to a boule for not. I mean, that was probably the best game he's played of his career, you know. So, um, good to see him step up. They're not going to be as stressed as much at Mississippi State. This is this goes back to the cornerbacks. And uh, as bad as Kentucky played the last time down there, Brandon Eccles, I felt like that was kind of his uh, coming out party, if you will, to an extent. And and then from that point forward, he really shined. Uh, I I don't think he got a pick until his final game of his career. But dude was he, he forced a fumble that game. He was great playing or you know coming up and and tackling in the open field. That's what's going to be asked a lot to do of these guys uh, this week against Mississippi State's air raid. Just can you just describe the challenges that Valentine, Dort, Mosley, Phillips got to go up against when when Mike Leach is going to be going at them all game long? Well, one thing as a corner, if you're going to throw the ball at me 62 times, I'm getting one pick. That's that's I'm looking at this. If you're going to throw it, so that means as a corner, I'm going to get 
at minimum 10 targets at minimum. Mm-hmm. I got to get one. The, the one that worries me is not Valentine. I used to put Valentine to the boundary. Mm-hmm. I worry about Dort and Mosley in the field. They check down a lot of routes to the running backs, <laughs> a lot of routes to those running backs. And when you play zone, which I feel like we're going to play heavy zone, you're going to have to make, come up and make an open field tackle against a 220-pound, 205-pound running back. <sighs> That's the one that gives me pause. Because first down and 10, they get three yards. Second down and seven, they get four yards. They just going to – it's almost like, almost like running the triple option, the veer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going to get three yards no matter what. It's like running the, it's like that swing route. They're gonna kill you with it until you can be able to come up and make a tackle. And that's the one thing that that really gives me pause is are all corners and are all linebackers gonna be able to secure open field tackle on those running backs because they're gonna get 15 targets. Yep, no doubt. And that's the thing I think they've had issues with on the perimeter is getting off blocks getting physical, getting people to the ground. And that's a big worry in this game because um, Mississippi State's not – the quarterback's really not looking to push it deep all too often. It's – it's um, is a, cro- a short crossing route open. If not, I'm just going to dump it to the running back right here. Um, are we running across with the cross open? Nope, I'll, I'll go back here, hit the stick right quick. I mean, it's very – I mean, he's getting the ball out pretty fast. So, pass rush can be an issue. I think it's and only six yards an attempt. Yeah, I mean, he's you know. and that's one of the lowest leech has had um, in his in his recent tenure. Um, so yeah, tackling is gets going to be huge this week, and it's going to put a lot a lot of pressures are going to be on those cornerbacks in space to come up and make some stops. Well, yeah. Adam, you just said a word that got me. You said rhythm. Mm-hmm. See, this is what people understand as a as a corner is when a quarterback throws that swing route in rhythm. He's open, open. Like, we're still trying to figure out our drops and our depth and all that stuff and try to figure out the route patterns. When he checks it down, that means he's waited, <laughs> waited, waited, and then throws it, which means now I'm settling my zone and now I can really come up and attack that swing route. And Will Rogers throws it in rhythm. It's not a check down. It's not like a one, two, three, four, oh, they rush me, let me throw it. And... I really, I'm not right now comfortable saying our corners have great eye discipline to break up on that ball and close that that gap between them and the and the running back. Because I'm telling you, Anthony White and I talk about this all the time. A running back in the SEC is gonna make one guy miss. If he can't make one guy miss, he's not an SEC running back. So he needs to mm-hmm. go somewhere else. So if you attacking that running back and it's just you and him, he's gonna make you miss. Unless you got someone else that's coming that's restricting his 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 route of going two ways. And I'm not, I'm just not comfortable saying that we're good at that yet. Well, and that was what JJ Weaver talked about during the bye week. Like it was all about the eyes. All about the eyes. What's wrong? Our eyes, we we were looking at the wrong stuff, all about eye discipline. And and that's and some of that too is is on guys like Weaver and Wright, who uh, you know, when they've been running, not necessarily the swing passes, but like, uh, you know, especially the kind of tunnel screens and stuff, a lot of times they've been able to eat it up because they've read it quickly and have been mm-hmm. able to make plays on space. They can mitigate some of that, but 
they can only mitigate some of that. You know, like some of those guys, some of those running backs are just going to get too wide. It's going to be too, you know, that's where physics (laughs) come in. You got to be able to chase the dude down so they can help some, but that's what, uh, what also worries me too, is like, how much do you, do you try to rush the passer? How much do you try to use a guy like Weaver? How much of an impact can Josh Pascal make? Because, Georgia did a good job of using misdirection to kind of take Pascal out of the game. And Pascal has been a bona fide star for the yes. UK defense this year. And if you take him out of the game, then it's hard to be the same UK defense. Well, I will say this as a defensive coordinator, if I see them, there's so many ways you can combat that. Either you see that run away, you can create stunts away from them, mm-hmm. or you can move Pascal. Now, I know they're, they're not comfortable with doing that. I personally would move them. And sometimes I would play, maybe you don't play a traditional four-tech, old four-tech defensive line. Maybe you go in the under and put a, a two and a one or a one and a three, almost like a four-three, and put Pascal into the field. So move them around. Um I just there's so many things that we can do and we had an extra week. That's the big plus, man. And I don't know if you can you can combat the swing pass by taking a safety out, running a little more three and having the linebackers play the mesh routes and have someone almost man up on the swing route. Because they do it so much. It's not like it's a every now and then play. It's every freaking play. He's there. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And there's ways I'm gonna say this. You watch the Alabama film, they did a lot of things to switch it up. And Mississippi State still had three in your pass. So it's kind of like it's situational football. You gotta yeah. get them off the field on third. You gotta get mm-hmm. them behind the chain and get them off the field. Yeah, third down is third down's huge in this game because like you said, they're gonna be in third and three and third and four a lot. And you just gotta make the stops. You just gotta get off the field. And this is a game where like Mississippi State's going to have success moving the ball. They're going to get inside Kentucky's 40, Kentucky's 35, Kentucky's 30. You're going to have to get situational stops, like you just said. And I think, goals. like, red zone is going to yeah. – Kentucky's on defense is just going to be huge in this game because they're going to move the ball. Yes. But when that field shrinks, um, can you get stops? And as you know, Van, it shrinks, it gets harder for an offense. It gets easier for a defense. For, <laughs> yeah, and especially against this kind of offense. Yes. Because <laughs> team that cannot run the ball in the red zone, then – those windows that are huge out when you're on your in the high of the 20s get a lot smaller. Yeah, especially the linebackers do their job. Yeah, it's you got to hold them the field goals. You got mm-hmm. what Alabama did. They got turnovers and field goals. That's the name of the game. We gotta, we gotta find a way to get. And the interesting thing, say 2018, our safeties this year are better than 2018 safeties to a point. Right. 2018 safety were playmakers. Yeah. I don't know how many picks Mike Edwards and uh, West had, but they had quite a few. And I don't think all safeties have just one, right? Ty's yeah. Got that one. That's the He's only one only... secondary this year. Right, right. And that's kind of been oh. the MO of this team. They're yes. they're getting stops in the red zone, and that's their form of turnovers. It was like the Florida game. They Yeah. Well, uh, they're doing a good job before they even get to the red zone. They're getting stops in between that 40 and 30, their 25 area. That's where yeah. they've kind of been at their best. Um, but 
they're just not getting the ball production there on the back end. You know, you're not getting your PBUs, you're not getting your interceptions. Right. And that's really hurt the because that's really kind of their MO defensively is where they're going to get their turnovers. Pressure the quarterback a little bit and then get some interceptions and some pass breakups. And they just really haven't gotten that this season. And a good PBU is half an INT. If mm-hmm. you get a good one, and you're right. And and as a DB, if you get enough PBUs, right? And I don't know, at one time I did have a school record um, at PBUs. If you get enough PBUs, you're going to get an INT sooner or later because that means you are in the area. To knock a ball down means you're really close. If you get enough of those, you're going to get a pick. And you're right. We're not getting – cheese. even think about that. Do we have more than 10 PBUs from a corner? Uh, Yusuf has seven. Yusuf's been all over the place. But outside of Carrington and Dort, I don't know if they have two or three combined. I mean, it's a small number. Yeah, and Ty's had a few, too, covering the slot, but not, you know. The safeties have been good. I mean, yes. they're they're fundamental. They're in the right spot. They get the team lined up. Um, they're never – it just hardly ever seems like they're out of position, and I think the safeties have a lot to do with that. It's just the cornerback position. You saw them get picked on against Missouri, <laughs> and there's been some other mo- moments in this game. I think – Yeah, Georgia. Carrington, I think, has come along. Yeah. Um, you could tell he's young, but he's growing. But at that other spot, it's really it's left you wanting more, obviously. So, man, you're 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 still tied for third, Van, and so uh, oh, wow. you, you had twenty five. Beatty, Derek Beatty, actually tied you. Okay, um, but Antoine Huffman had twenty seven, oh two to oh five, and Trevard Lindley has the record yeah. with forty three. Yeah, that dude, he, he was. Yeah, that, <laughs> he he was. He was a dude, and he came at a great time when they started to freaking pass the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you had twenty five many pass reps. when they would throw it right sixteen right. times a game. <laughs> yeah, I I had sixty freaking tackles as a corner. <laughs> that's not. I mean, it, it's not good, but that's how you play. I played boundary corner. They ran the ball to the boundary. You got a lot of tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, a corner would not have that many tackles anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, yeah, I hope not either. Right. Just back to the PBUs, Mosley's got three. Carrington, Valentine's got two. Dort has yet to record one. Oh, yeah. Two PBUs in seven games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's point-something PBUs a game. Yeah, Yeah. it's not good. Now, they are getting it from other areas, like we mentioned, Corker, Asian. Jacquez Jones has kind of quietly been a big – He's been good. Big role in pass coverage, so – but from the cornerback and that was kind of the weakness we thought maybe going into the season and that's kind of held true unfortunately yeah that's unfortunate now offensively though this uh, against this mississippi state team it's you see i feel like the numbers are incredibly deceptive of their defense the the numbers say they have a very good rush defense but they've also only played one team that really tries to run the football in texas a&m so it's it's kind of hard to judge where they're at. I I'm hoping to. I, I have a feeling that there might be some ill will between Chris Rodriguez and that offensive line after the performance they laid against Georgia. So Van, I do think that Kentucky's going to be able to run the ball against this team at least effectively enough to where some of those shots will open back up out of the play action for Will Levis. Can he figure out who to block? That was our problem last year. Um, their scheme is a little confusing, mm-hmm. although we had an extra week to prepare for it. So 
And you got more tape. You got 12 games of tape plus exactly. all the tape this year. So if we can block, now I'm going to just say their front is physical, man. Their front is. It's Mississippi is State. Not, yeah, Mississippi State front isn't slouch. Um, so I think we still can run. I just don't expect 300 yards rushing. I'd say don't even expect 200 yards rushing. Man, if you can go, if you can get as an offense, give a 150, that's a really good day. And their def- their secondary is right for the picking. They only got one to me. Emerson is the is their dude. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is, mm. and I don't think that linebackers are good in coverage too. I, I think we can get them in the pass game. And I think Will is getting more comfortable in the pass game. He's getting more comfortable in his technique and mechanics. I think we can definitely get 225 or more in the passing game. Man, I – I sh- Will's been playing like that. It's just, do you have the guys to make the receptions? And oh. right now, we don't. You have Wandell Robinson. You don't know if Josh Ali is going to be back. We got Will C's. A lot of Will C's yesterday. Like it. A lot of, yeah. a lot of Will C's. Uh, yeah. But I, I think the goal was for Ali to be back. And I, I think Cummings might be able to play. So if, if you have those guys back, you should have enough targets to be able to unleash it a little bit. Um, but I, I do think, I mean, obviously it's Georgia. Their, their defense is a freaking unit, but they did at least show like, Hey, try, if you can try to keep one Dale Robinson in front of you, it's hard for this Kentucky offense to create explosive plays. Mississippi State might try to do that and they might fail. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But Will Levis is trending in the right direction. I think we can all agree on that. And man, that's what, what do you think his, I don't want to say ceiling is, but what, what's he shown you the kind of little things that make you say, okay, I this guy has a lot more to, to give uh, in right. his game. I'm going to say this first, then I get the will. The receivers are better than what everyone's given them. Now, last week they had drops. Yeah. And I'm going to say this. They got open though. <laughs> I was shocked that they were able to win one-on-one battles with press man. I was shocked. Epps got open a couple of times. He had his dropsies. Uh, Bates had a drop. Wondell had a drop in the end zone. But we were open. We can catch the ball. I'm going to say that's an anomaly. I would say, for me, I was shocked that they, we got open consistently. Um, the thing Will is doing for me is, man, it's a lot. So many things just went in my head. First, he's climbing the pocket. So he's helping his offensive line. A lot of those sacks early in the season was on him. Second thing, he's getting from one to two quicker. He's not short-circuiting. I've seen him short-circuit in South Carolina game once now, but he's like, oh, my God, where's number two? I don't know where he is. And now he's just <laughs> wandering. Last two games, he hasn't been short-circuiting. He's been one to two. And his mechanics are so much better. His feeder, his base is stronger. His feet are under him. And he's not throwing off of his – like an Aaron Rodgers throw. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He can't throw with his feet pointing to the left and throw to the right. He just doesn't have that yet. And those things are why last week he was accurate because his mechanics were better. It's as simple as that. He's not an 80% thrower, but he's better than 50. The I think there's one play that illustrates all of those points in one, and that was that touchdown he had to Wandale against LSU where he kind of moved to the right in the pocket took a step up, got to his second read with Wandell going across his body, but he had his feet set so he was able to be accurate going 
to the left in the, and the arm the talent engine. on that too. You just kind of saw it all with him. He, <laughs> he snuck that ball in there. Yeah. Yeah. The arm talent is something that was undeniable. Like that is, he's had that from day one. Yeah. God given. Right. That is the other things. And like you said, the, that pass was great because he was trying to throw to, was it Bates Mm -hmm. and Bates got hung up and he immediately, there's a throw Bryce Young did against Mississippi State. I don't know if it was completed. He went one, two, and didn't even look. He just body and threw it all in one motion. That means he knows where number three is going to be. As a quarterback, you don't have to fill him. You just know where it is. And Will is starting to get there. That was a route to me last week that was the best one. It was on the boot. And he caught Epps for a first down. We've ran that same freaking play at least five times, and he never got the number two. And either tight end was open one time, one Dale was open. He never got to him. Last week, he got to him. So I think he's getting comfortable to knowing where everybody's going to be and where the next route is. And I'm telling you, if he does, if he keeps improving, he might have three 300-yard passing games these last five games because these defenses are getting weaker and weaker. Mm-hmm. And now it's his time to really make a claim to come out early. Yeah. And this week, Van, I think they're going to see some man for Mississippi State. Like my, Mississippi State's M.O. is to slant on D-line, bring pressure, to plug gaps, to not let you run the ball and take your chances, take their chances deep. And so they're going to get one-on-ones and can, you know, the vertical throws kind of disappeared. I think defense, the way they're playing them has kind of changed that, how Kentucky's had to attack. Um, but I think they're going to get more opportunities this week and can they be able to scheme something up okay, here in the bye week like we've talked about. I think it's a huge part of Saturday's game. It's going to be interesting. It This is – I say this even with Graham is people complain about play calling, but play calling is dictated during the week. A coach got to trust that my – all 11, not nine, not 10, all 11 guys can run a play and run it to perfection. And I – if they had two weeks <laughs> – they should have some things dialed up that no one has seen. Mm-hmm. This should be chapter two of the offense. We've done chapter one, and we kind of threw out chapter one. We threw some plays at the back end of chapter one. There was some – that last play, that motion um, screenplay to Wondell, that's an NFL play that's been yep. ran so many times. Mm-hmm. They threw that out. So now that's in a chapter one. I want to see what chapter two plays are. I think they're – there are some things that he's going to throw out that Cohen's going to throw out that Mississippi State has no idea. Yeah, the um, the counter off the throwback screens. They yeah. ran a bunch of throwback screens to tight ends and running backs. That's the same kind of concept that can work against Mississippi State because they're aggressive. Yep. But they're going to be ready for those this week. So how, if you're Kentucky, how do you counterpunch that? Right. You got to pump and go off of it. Or whatnot that that just kind of when you get into the the gamesmanship of the offense. Oh yeah, yeah. There's you can always come backside mm-hmm. to um, a running back because they're faking that that zone play. Maybe he leaks out towards the field away from that. There, you're right. That's, this is the great thing about a new coordinator is no one knows what he's going to run. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and you got another five games. And it's going to be fun watching you break it down on Twitter. I, I, you're really good with the clicker, man. I don't, I, it's, it reminds me like, <laughs> you, you know, you have some of those coaches when you're watching film and there's like one that's really good with it. And then there's some other ones that are just cussing and like stupid remote. And it's like, nah, I don't, I don't think it's the remote. I think it's the, I think it's the, a bad carpenter <laughs> blames his tools. Operator. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm curious. There's been a lot of talk because we've reached this weird air of wow kentucky fans kind of expect to win out now which game which game worries you more of the next two because i think you know vandy fcs or new mexico state you know louisville louisville is yeah you know they're, they're showing some life but you should be able to take care of business there but between mississippi state and tennessee which game schematically worries you more and i mean hell just from your heart i mean you you've been up against both teams uh you kind of know the cultures at each place I know personally, Kentucky fans, a lot of them are just going to have that Tennessee in the back of their mind. They're seeing them put up some points. But is this Mississippi State game scarier than that Tennessee one at Kroger Field? I'm going to say the Tennessee game. And it's hard for me to say which one. This is why I'm going to say the Tennessee game. Tennessee defense is better. And they have a quarterback that can that can run. And those are two things that always scare me. A quarterback that can leave the pocket. So that Tennessee game, I think Tennessee has a better accumulation of players. Um, I And Hooker can extend drives, and that's the thing that scares me. So it's close, though. It's not like it's night and day. Um, playing Mississippi State after bye week helps because it's a different type of offense, and you got to be able to prepare for it. We had two weeks to prepare for it. That kind of leads me to the Tennessee game. And Tennessee plays more up-tempo than anybody in conference. And you know our defense, we try to match up with every freaking person there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There are going to be some plays where we're not ready. going to be a lot of cramps that day, Kroger right. Field. <laughs> <laughs> 40 degrees in the cramping. Might, might, might cramp on the field. He yeah. might go on the field and get a personal foul or cramp on the field. I, Tennessee. Oh, man. Well, listen, we appreciate you joining us today, giving us some time. If y'all don't follow Van so far on Twitter, at VStyles17. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully you can come on some other time and and talk some ball with us. Anytime, man. Anytime. I appreciate you guys calling me. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That was fun, like it. It was, it was a good little little change of pace. Van, you know, he knows a thing or two. He might have dabbled in the NFL, so a little bit more. Van, than Van knows the stuff. Good talking ball with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought he – go ahead. No, you go ahead. I thought he brought up a great point about just how it's kind of like playing a triple option offense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just – it's totally unique from anything else Kentucky really sees, even though you see a lot of the same concepts. Um, but Mississippi State just runs it over and over and over and over. And having a bye week, I think, really helps going into this game. Yeah, and that was that was something that I – because we'd seen Kentucky come out flat in previous years from bye weeks, 
but it was fat from like a flat from like a physicality standpoint. And it, you didn't have this to prepare for, you know, this is completely different than whatever Moorhead or Mullen were, was doing, which was actually kind of similar to one another. So that, that, that's one thing that I hadn't considered the kind of strategic advantage as well. When you're talking about having stuff left in that playbook that you haven't unveiled yet as well, going up against a kind of an odd, obscure defense too. Yeah. And I think that's helped because when I look at this game, like I think in a lot of ways Mississippi State is kind of a bad matchup for Kentucky. Um, Kentucky hangs their hat on big play prevention on defense, making you be efficient, consistently move the chains, and that's kind of what Mississippi State does best mm-hmm. on offense. Defensively, like their run game numbers are really, really good um, when I kind of break them down. They've been a little glitchy with big plays, but they've been able to take away the run that no one outside of Alabama has attempted 30 rushes or more in a game. Um, so they're making teams be more pass heavy because they're stopping the run early and getting aggressive. And so that's a concern against Kentucky. And then now on the back end, they've given up a ton of big plays, um, but Kentucky has not really been a, they've gotten chunks, but it's not the 40, 50 yard variety, 30, 40, 50 yard variety usually um, through the air. So that's a concern. So there are some issues in this game. I think Kentucky, you know, Last Georgia was disappointing, but their SEC rushing numbers are still ridiculous. Like they've ran for over 300 yards twice, got over a 50% success rate as a team. Rodriguez might be the best back in the SEC. Rule Levis is a legit threat running the ball. I think Cavassier Smoke has really come along. Cohen's done some good stuff with jet sweeps to get some, some get you in other areas. So I think that can help, but it's this feels like a game that it's going to be like the first one to 24 and like the totals 47. Like that sounds perfect to me. That sounds what the, like the total should be. Um, Cause it's going to be limited possessions, 10, 11 possessions each side. Mississippi state's going to move the ball and Kentucky's going to have to get stops backed up. And then on the other side, um, can, it's going to be hard for Kentucky to put 10, 11, 12 play drives together against this, this defense multiple of them i think they can maybe get one or two but asking for three or four is going to be hard you you're going to have to score on some cheap stuff you're going to have to score on a 50 yard touchdown a 60 yard touchdown a 38 yard touchdown now mississippi state's defense you know, has given up 18 touchdowns but 10 of them have been over 20 yards yeah and a handful Wan- from 50 plus so you gotta hit on some big plays wandell's done that the, the stat you had too that rodriguez had x amount of i think it was like six or seven 20 plus yard touchdowns mm-hmm. hasn't had one of those this year this would and this the way they play you're going to be able to do that if you can break through the first line if you catch yeah. them in a stunt right right and they're going the other way you run you know you kind of guess right on one of those mm-hmm. runs uh there's also a part of this too that when mississippi state i know kentucky hasn't forced a ton of turnovers but in their losses they have turned it over a lot like that that lsu game they lost lsu but they're winning that if they don't turn it over well, like four times or have like two dudes run into each other, you know, and give up a 60-yard touchdown. Pick six against Louisiana Tech. Pick six against Alabama. Scoop and score against Memphis. They've had some moments where when they turn it over, teams are scoring. Yeah. On defense. And that that's – can Kentucky get one of those would be huge. We'd love Both to these see – Josh Pasco pick off one of those swing passes, you know, and, and actually yeah. make it instead of getting caught at the goal line like he did last year. Yeah, that'd be nice. And both these offenses have had issues turning the ball over. Um, Mississippi State is right there with Kentucky. They've lost 12 turnovers. Kentucky's lost 12. 
So they're even now they're minus three in the turnover margin because they're plus because they've got nine takeaways, seven interceptions. So that's really the difference in these, you know, that there's going to be a chance for Kentucky to get some turnovers because only Florida and Vanderbilt and SEC, Florida, Vanderbilt, and while South Carolina has eight lost 18 turnovers. Good Lord. <laughs> South Carolina leads the SEC in takeaways with 17 but their turnover margin is minus one because their offense has the most turnovers. Good Lord, South Carolina. South Carolina is but, so bad. So bad. Well, that's they're wasting a year there with all them turnovers they're gaining. Um, but yeah, you know, I think you're going to have some opportunities. And like we talked with Van, ball production by the secondary has been a worry. So that's got to improve. Oh, it, it does. It does. This is the time to do it. This is the time to get it done. And it's also, Nick, a Liam Cohen game. Like, you hired him for games like this. Yeah. Because I think Kentucky's defense, I think, like, Mark Stoops probably sitting in his meeting room like, we're going to get 10 possessions. As long as we don't give cheap scores, we can probably hold them to 17, 21 points. But we got to get to 24. And this is a game in the, the past where Kentucky, if you stopped a run game, you couldn't, they couldn't score. So if they get stoned a little bit, can they figure out ways to move the football? This is why you hired Liam Cohen to figure it out to go score against a defense like this. It's kind of similar to like the Missouri game last year where Missouri played man on the outside. They stopped the run and they forced Kentucky to make plays on third down. They could not do it. They couldn't move the chains. And then their offense did ball control on the other side. And you look up and Kentucky just doesn't have the ball all that much. And if you're not have, possessing the ball against this team, like you're taking away your chances at getting those big plays against a glitchy defense because you're not getting as many reps as you need. So just moving the third down is going to be huge on this game, both sides. Kentucky's going to have to figure out ways to get off the field. Then on the other side, they're going to figure out ways to move the chains consistently. If they can do that, I think the offense can have a big game potentially, but that's easier said than done. And I think that's going to be a huge part of this game because you don't want to get into – a point where you're at halftime and Mississippi State has ran like 50 plays on offense. You're at 20. Yeah. You're, you're Defense has been on the, the field a ton. Yeah. Third down is yeah. it's just so huge. Third down is huge um, because Mississippi State, they want to – like don't get fooled by the passing and the – like the passing numbers. That's a ball control offense. Um, it's dink and dunk, and they, they're just efficient with the pass game, even if they're not running it a lot. So don't get fooled by that. That's still a ball control offense. And you don't want to get in a spot where we've seen Kentucky be in the past where their offense just anemic, can't move the football, and they're on the sideline. We've already had that game once and against Florida, and they got fortunate that they were able to win that game. Um, they need to be able to figure out ways to move the football if that run game is taken away. And last year against NC State in the bowl game, they saw the 335, and they, they were able to get chunk plays with the ground game. A.J. Rose and Rodriguez both had – numerous 20-yard-plus runs, and Smoke had some big runs too. So can they create some big plays? It's going to be interesting to see, but this is another kind of why you why you make a change at offensive coordinators for a game like right, this. Right, right, right. And this is one of those games too that I, I think you one of the most evident ways you've seen Cohen change is they've started really fast on those scripted series, and you need to start fast down in Starkville. Yeah. Maybe oh, take, suck the air out of there uh, yeah. because it's going to be a physical game. Mississippi State, even though they're air raid, they still got those big dudes from the Mississippi Jucos. They don't mess around. Go punch them in the mouth to start the game, set the tone, and uh, establish the way you want to play this football game. When I, you look, we break it down. 
Kentucky has a better roster, I think. And you look at the stars in this game, like the star power, you can make a case that Mississippi State left tackle Charles Cross is the best player in this game. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. But after that, I think you can make the case. Like you throw in Wondell Robinson, Chris Rodriguez, Darian Kennard, Luke Fortner, Josh Paschal, maybe even Yusuf Corker. Like the next – you name the top seven to eight players, I think – or top ten players, I think Kentucky probably maybe has seven or eight. Mm-hmm. So they got the star power. Now it's on it's on the road, but they're a veteran team. I just think to, there's some things pointing this way, but I do think Mississippi State kind of matches up well, just how they stylistically match up with Kentucky, which was my biggest concern. But attendance has been an issue for Leach in year two. We talked about Satterfield early, mm-hmm. like only like the stadium was only seventy percent full against NC State. It's weird. It was, it was a little bit more full against Alabama, but they got housed. They really haven't been at home, so this is a big home game. They're offering $20 tickets for a big SEC, a ranked SEC team. It's weird. It's homecoming. They saved bringing out the baseball team Oh, for, for this? this moment. You figure like that you hosting like Alabama at home and you got a winning record and a good team off a big one at A&M. You figured you would do it that, that week, but no, they it, saved it for this week yep. so that to get more butts in the seats. Like this is a big game for Mississippi State, and if you look at their schedule – they can get a win here, it would give Leach two ranked top 25 wins. It would give give them a lot of momentum and a chance at like going eight and four if they some things bounce right at the end of the season. A loss here opens set five and seven seems like the most likely avenue for them because they still have to go to Arkansas. There'll be a dog at home against Ole Miss, and they still have to play Auburn on the road. Mm-hmm. So it's a big one. Leach is going to have game. To like it's a huge game for Kentucky for the obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Haven't won here forever. You got a special season. You can really have this crazy month in November if you can just keep stacking. And you seem to have a better team, so you should go win. But on the opposite side, it's a huge game for Leach. It's like a proof of concept moment. We got a bunch of sophomores, mm-hmm. but we just beat two top 25 teams. Like we're on the right track. Um, but lose, it could be that you're five and seven, and then two seven loss seasons in a row, and people are just like, then you enter like a huge year three. So just those kind of, and that's what you get at this point in the season is little dynamics like that. Um, and so it's it's a huge game. You could really, you could really, really do some damage to Mississippi State potentially if you go down there and win this one. Time for Kentucky to take care of business. It hasn't happened. I mean, the last, the last time this happened like it, I don't think I had my license. Yeah. I think I was, no, I, I would have just turned 17. So I was, uh, mm-hmm. a, a young junior in high school. Actually, I think I had a broken back that year. Yeah. Randall Cobb was a true freshman. You had a, you broke your back. Yeah. I broke my back in high school, junior year. Playing basketball? Football. Yeah. It's not fun. I, and then the like, thing did was, you ever wear a big back brace? It wasn't anything like crazy, and it wasn't even like some dramatic play that it happened. I thought it was just a muscle deal, and it was like, no, you've got a chip in your vertebrae. You need to say, oh man, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but that was scary. Yeah, yeah. It was just a little butterfly wing, so it could have been like, yeah, okay, spine. You know, yeah. but man, you say broken. The worst part too is like the back brace I had on was underneath my like shirt mm-hmm. so you couldn't even see it it's like you got this yeah. injured guy just standing there looking like a jackass but um yeah i did not that, know you had a broken back man glad yeah i got this here you survive that oh man the the war scars uh 
hey, I survived my adult third. Like I played basketball at thirty years old. I'm the real hero. Okay, <laughs> I'm the real what hero. What did you What did you think about that opening line? I th- I thought it was about right, you know, and I don't really care one way or the other. Like I'm not gonna get fired up over it. Yeah, I thought it was a bad line. I thought like Kentucky minus one was where it should have been. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I feel like it'd be like around a pick 'em, you know. Yeah, and it's up um, to one and a half right now. So a lot of early money coming in on Kentucky. Yeah, and I think a lot of that's just that's what's surprising is I would have I get putting the points the onus on Mississippi State because you know people are going to bet the ranked team on the road and they've been doing a lot of the let's let's make the unranked team the favorite recently I think there was five games like that last week so I get it but I'm not you know yeah it moving as fast as it did tell me they didn't feel great about that number mm-hmm. And I thought it was a bad line, but like we'll see. It's a total toss-up game to me. Well, and yeah, and that's why this this game too is hard to judge because a the way Mississippi State's style, but also they've played a lot of close games yeah. against okay teams, and then they've blown out a bad team, and then they've gotten blown out by a yeah. Good the team. win against A and M is what scares me because A and M is pretty similar to Kentucky, um, in a lot of ways, right? And how they kind of control now, that game with their offense. Calzada was not like he was, was bad, bad then too. So like they were AM's run game, like Kentucky's run game is more efficient. So that, that should be a little bit better. But it it did worry me that they kind of went in how they won that game. Um and they totally controlled the game. Like they had 10 possessions and eight of them ended up on Miss on Texas AM side of the field. So when they got the ball, they moved it consistently. And so that was that's a worry a little bit to me. But mm-hmm. um looking at it though, Nick, like if you're naming Kentucky, who's the best teams Kentucky play this year? Georgia one, clearly. Yeah. I think Florida's two still. I th- yeah. But and, then, and I think Tennessee's three, and I think Mississippi State's four. Yeah, oddly. And this enough. is the only one you have to play on the road. Oh, well, take Georgia out of the picture. But you got to go to Mississippi State. And so, I mean, it's just a tricky spot, but it's a game like they need to they need to win this game. I don't I I don't. It's just a weird matchup because I think Mississippi State kind of does some good things that could give Kentucky trouble. Specifically, if they can't win on third down, they could be in for a long night. Um, but I think it's a, like I said, it's a huge Liam Cohen moment. We'll see yeah. if they can bounce back. Um, Mark Stoop said on his radio show last night that Luke Fortner kind of talked to the team about why they have played bad down there. Um, I think maybe you can attest to this as someone who's been to Starkville. Maybe it's pretty uh low yeah. you to sleep, but right, right. You would think they would come out focused, ready to go, but you just never know. Yeah, a game like this, you you got to be ready to play, and hopefully the cats are rocking and rolling, and we're talking about a big win next yeah. week on eleven. Yeah, personnel. yeah, win, and it's gonna set up a monster November. <sighs> let's just let's end let's end it with a high. Have a happy Halloween. Do a lot of trick or treating. Hopefully, it's gonna be a fun one like it. A big shout out to Van Hiles for joining us. Uh, nice little change of pace after a bye week. It's, it's been a blast. It's been a blast. We hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, we hope we're going to watch another Kentucky Wildcats win to improve to 7-1. and one. Cashing some season over win total tickets. I already, I'm already cashing some of them, Lucky. It feels good. So let's, seven let's go one, get some more this weekend. 7-1, one will look pretty good. Yeah. Look mighty, mighty good. So enjoy this weekend's Kentucky football game. We'll be back next week with more on 11 personnel.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.